Blog Talk Radio. Calling all men. It's now your time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's a show where men can be men. Now here's the coach who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are going to be talking about how masculine are you? Where on the masculine-feminine index do you lie? Are you secure there? Do you feel like an outlier? Or are you a modern man who's perfectly fine with the gender lines blurring? Even though the media tells you they want less traditionally masculine men, do they really? Can you use this ambiguity to your advantage? Well, let's find out, shall we? All righty, let me just get something here. All right, so I wanted to give you um, an index that I was reading. Pretty interesting. The The name of this is called the Hofstede Insights. And what they've done is they've measured a masculinity-femininity uh, scale all across the globe, right? And I wanted to kind of give you some of the readings as to you know, where the U.S. lies, where other countries lie, and see what you think about it. If you want to hop in on this topic about masculinity, you can phone in. Yes, you can. You can call us at 323-642-1677. Again, that number is 323-642-1677. You can also reach us on our chat line. Same name as the show, blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com, forward slash DT Linda Gross, forward slash DT Linda Gross. All right, so that's what we're going to be talking about. I hope you join in on the discussion. Now let's get into this uh, charting, shall we? This this measurement that they did. So here's here are some of the traits that they used in order to judge masculinity. Um, so measuring this dimension represents a preference in society for achievement, heroism, assertiveness, and material rewards for success. So in this type of society, society is more competitive overall. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, they measured femininity, which stands for a preference for cooperation, modesty, caring for the weak, and quality of life. So society in this circumstance is more consensus-oriented, just like an individual person would be, an individual gender would be. They've translated these, these, uh, these traits you know, to worldwide traits. So, but they're very similar, though. They're very overlapping. Do you want to hazard a guess as to, on a scale of 1 to 100, where the U.S. ranked? Actually, it ranked 
pretty good. Um, it ranked 62. So I, I think if you have a very evenly matched country, you're probably going to be at 50, right? So the fact that it's 62 is actually a good sign. It's not way overboard, but it to me it means that it's slightly more male dominant, which is good because you want <laughs> you want that element, right? You want the science and the math and and all those great qualities that men bring to the table. Um, you want that element to be slightly edging out s uh, over some of the, the more cooperative elements. UK, right there in, in there with us, UK and Ireland at 66 and 68 respectively. Uh, the other English-speaking countries, uh, Australia at 61, New Zealand 58, Canada, now it's getting close to the 50-50 mark at 52, and South Africa at 63. So these are all right in the same sweet spot. United Arab Emirates, let's go to the other part of the world, 50. Wow, that was a shocker to me that they're <laughs> right smack in the middle. Uh, Israel right there at 47, Iran at 43. All right, let's go to our neighbors to the south. Mexico, 69. Brazil, 49. Argentina, 56. Chile, 28. Peru, 42. Venezuela, ooh, look, Venezuela shot up. Maybe it's all that German influence. Shot up to 73. Colombia, 64. And Uruguay, way down at 38. Now, here's one that is really surprising is the Scand are the Scandinavian countries. Gee, what are they doing? I mean, they are really going to the feminine side. Finland, 26. Denmark, 16. Hold on to your horses. Sweden is a mere five. Wow. Five. Um, out of 100, right? Netherlands, 14. Norway, 8. They're all kind of in that same pocket. Wow, Sweden, 5. I, I'm just having a hard time with that one, but okay. All right, let's go to Europe. What are they doing? Europe and near Asia. France is at 43. Germany, 66. Italy, 70. Austria, 79. Okay, Arnold. <laughs> uh, Switzerland is at 70. Spain, 42. Greece, 57. Turkey, 45. Bulgaria is at 40. Russia, 36. China, 66. Hong Kong, 57. India, 56. Japan, well, I'm going to hold off on Japan for, for a second. Thailand is at 34. Guess what Japan is? I was really shocked with this one. Well, you know, once you see the number, you probably don't get shocked. <laughs> Much like uh, Sweden shocked me, Japan is on the clean other end of the spectrum at 95. And you can imagine why this is so is because they work their people to death. I mean, it's all about making the money, making the money, you know, go to go to med school, you know, get the grades, play the violin, 
um, production, production. It's like, you know, they don't forget about the Americans that only have um, quarterly uh, benchmarks. Their benchmarks, their goals are five years out. It's all about work, 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 and product, right? So I guess it makes sense that they're not doing anything but working, and I guess that makes sense as to why that number is at 95. Wow. <laughs> All right. I want to hear what you have to say on this topic about masculinity. We are at 323-642-1677. 323-642-1677. I want you to join in. All right. Let's turn our attention to um, what millennial men are up to because the millennial men, some kind of way, they're reinventing masculinity. So today, less than one-third of men who are aged between 18 and 29 report feeling completely masculine compared to 65% of the baby boomers, right? So that's a drop-off of, of about half. Wow. So it's not uncommon to see many men choosing, many millennial men, I should say, choosing, say, green juice over a beer, or perhaps they're meditating instead of watching the news in the morning, or perhaps they're journaling their feelings. So masculinity modeled to us by the older generations, which held that men should be emotionless, not be sensitive, or show vulnerability is fading. Some leading millennial speakers suggest that taking off the masks men traditionally wear can lead to more success, wealth, and fulfilling relationships. So let's dive a little deeper into what these millennial men are up to and how they differ from their older peers. Number one, they value self-awareness. So while the traditional man says, you know, I don't feel, and they've blocked off their feelings, the millennial man embraces feeling. He, In fact, he dares himself to feel. Millennial men are committed to knowing themselves on a deep and personal level, even if what they find out is difficult to confront or if it's conflicting. Rather than hide from or deny who they are, they become curious about themselves and have the courage to represent themselves authentically. So millennial therapists recommend setting aside deliberate time each day to connect with yourself. Don't try to distract yourself and run around all day. You need to spend time with yourself and take care of you. All right, this is what what is being said. All right, next up, millennial men are nonconformists. The rigid gendered roles for men and women are becoming more loosely defined as millennials challenge the status quo. According to one international study titled The Decline of the Manly Man, the percentage of men who are staying at home to care for children is rising today while women are surpassing men in academic performance and closing that income gap. 
the evolved man isn't swayed by gender roles or what society deems is manly, he doesn't need to be validated externally by conforming. He acts according to his own volition, and he isn't threatened by women rising either. What else is new? Well, the millennial men don't want to compete with one another. Oh, boy. <laughs> Isn't that the, the heart of what men do? Well, instead of trying to gain an arbitrary status, the evolved man, or I should say the millennial man, knows that his worth lies within. That's their definition. He, he is secure within himself to the extent that he doesn't need to put others down in order to feel better about himself. While men from the last century had a competing mindset, millennial men think it's more important to have an abundant mindset. They don't want you to sacrifice treating people right or opting for profit over people because there's so much out there to receive. So the millennial men think a competing mindset is just limiting yourself. I see. What else? Well, millennial men value authenticity. They have no need to pretend that there's someone they're not because, hey, they're not ashamed of who they really are. You can cultivate authenticity in your life by ensuring your outer self is aligned with your inner self. So a Boulder, Colorado-based movement called the Authentic Man Program is dedicated to empowering men in their authenticity so that rewarding interactions are made possible. Oh, boy. You guys want to go sign up for that right away, right? <laughs> All right. Well, if you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are talking about... Um, how masculine are you? Where do you lie on this continuum of masculine feminine? Of course, we have we all have these traits in us. Some of the traits sway to one side or another, and we're just going to try to make sense out of all all of this and make it work work for you because it seems like they just keep throwing stuff up on the wall, and you know, hopefully you can catch it and adapt to it, right? So call us at 323-642-1677, 323-642-1677. You can also catch us on the chat line, blogtalkradio.com, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross, DT Linda Gross. All right, we will catch you right back after the break. When we do, we're going to be talking about millennial men want to be vulnerable. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman on and makes her go wild so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, Real Truth About Women That'll Change Your Life Forever. 
Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and if you want to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about how masculine are you? All right. We're talking uh, on in this segment here what millennial men are doing differently with regard to their masculinity as compared to millennial as compared to men from the last century, right? So millennial men it seems, want to be vulnerable. So outdated masculinity says that men shouldn't show any sign of weakness, but the modern masculinity embraces vulnerability as an expression of courage. (laughs) OMG, right? (laughs) All right, lots of luck with that one. All right, so millennial men have flipped the script, uh, sorry, flipped the script And they say the strongest man today is the most vulnerable. Oh, boy. Let me scratch my head on that one. If you're able to be self-aware of what you feel and what you want, you don't have to fake anything or try to keep up an image that society puts on you. If you are who you are and you are able to embrace that, that's the definition of today's man. Wow. I mean, I guess that's a good definition. I don't think it works, you know, in action. But if you guys are making this work, (laughs) call in because I certainly want to hear how you're getting the job done. I think it's very pie in the sky. All right. Next up, millennial men act according to their values. So they honor their commitment to himself first and foremost, which means he values his own sense of self above others' sense of who he is. In other words, he's not letting other people judge him. He's coming to his own set of values on it, you know, on his own. All right, that's no different than than uh, last century's man, right? So millennial men are encouraged to listen to their hearts and not just their minds. Mm, Okay. I mean, you have to do that a little bit. 
but I don't think you can do that entirely too lopsidedly one way or the other. I think men do better when they're just, you know, linear and, you know, focused and observing and evaluating the situation at hand. Are you going to use your heart? Of course you are, but not all the time and not to the majority of the time. But I think that's how it works best, but you guys tell me. All right, what else do they do differently? Well, millennial men are motivated to grow. Evolved men don't just stop at evolved. Um, They are continuously looking for new ways to grow and develop themselves. They are proactive about their development by attending (coughs) classes, events, and joining groups. Sometimes what you can't see on your own, you can see in the context of a relationship. Now, this one I agree Um, You know, you can only self-evaluate so much and then, you know, you can't see the forest from the trees kind of thing. So when you're in a relationship, whether it be a work relationship or an interpersonal relationship or a family relationship, when you get that feedback and that interaction with the other uh, party or the other person, that's when you can put the whole thing into context and then it makes sense. So, yeah, I do agree with this one. All right, so let's move on. Are men becoming less masculine? So here are some formerly traditional male traits uh, that were prized by society. You tell me which ones are still prized today. Aggression, chivalry, independence or self-sufficiency, physical strength, dominance, Competitiveness, stoicism. No, well, none of these traditional male traits are in high demand today. On the contrary, on the contrary, the majority of them are under attack. Let's dissect aggression. This is seen as a universal negative these days. Chivalry. Men write to me all the time to say that they get yelled at by women because they held a door open. How about independence and self-sufficiency? Well, we say we like independence, but then we complain when government doesn't step in and solve all our problems for us. Ask not what your country can do for you. Sorry, Mr. JFK, that line is dead. How about physical strength? Well, this one isn't frowned on, but it's definitely not in high demand. And if you are overly physically strong, especially visually physically strong, it's going to be a negative. Oh, he's got too many muscles or, oh, that's ugly or whatever. Um, Meanwhile, they have men that are, Transfluid and showing up at all these award shows, and somehow that's put on a pedestal <laughs> because isn't that cute? He's wearing something that could be considered somewhat feminine. That's put on a pedestal. But yeah, I think the physical strength is kind of going by the wayside. All right, how about dominance and competitiveness? Well, I think that's gone by the wayside, just like aggression. It's in a negative category now. Stoicism. 
Oh, please. The millennial generation is known for needing a safe place to deal with hurtful words. So you tell me if there's a place for stoicism in today's world. I think no. All right. Let's go on. There is a recent Pew Research survey, and they were evaluating masculinity. Let's see how they had to rate things. So about half Americans, say 53%, say most people in our society these days look up to men who are manly or masculine. Phew. Well, that's a good, that's good news. Um, and that kind of like mirrors what the report from the top of the hour said with our numbers there, that we were just slightly more masculine um, in our country, in America, compared to other countries. All right, so about two-thirds of men who say that society looks up to masculine men, which is about 68%, say that this is a good thing. But a narrower, a narrower majority of women, only 56%, say the same thing, that this, that this is a good thing for people to look up to masculine men. Now, views also widely differ among the party lines, as you can imagine. Uh, Among Republicans and conservatives, they say that that society values masculinity. Um, They say that 78% say that this is a good thing, that masculinity is a good thing. When you compare that to the Democrats and the liberals, only 49% say that masculine men are a good thing. Relatively few men, only 9%, say it's very important to them personally to be seen by others as being manly or masculine. Um, And a big 37% say that this trait is somewhat important. In other words, that other people are rating them as manly or masculine. Black men are more likely than white and Hispanic men to say that it's very important uh, that others see them as very masculine. Republican men are more likely to say that it's somewhat important to them to be seen as very masculine, 51%. All right, so when it comes to how men view themselves, 54% describe themselves as somewhat masculine. Compared to the other end of the spectrum, only 15% say they are not at all masculine. All right, those those must be some of the up-and-coming millennial men. Again, race is very much linked to the views about this. 49% of black men consider themselves to be very masculine. Um, uh, Hispanic men, 34%, and white men, only 28%. So views also vary by party, with Republican men more likely than Democratic men to describe themselves as very masculine. The survey also found that many men say at least some pressure to engage in activities that are sometimes associated with traditional masculinity. So more than 8 in 10 say that men face pressure to be emotionally strong. Wow, I'm pretty surprised that that number is still so high. Um, 
while 41% say men face a lot of pressure in this area. About six in 10 men say that they face pressure to be, to, uh, be willing to throw a punch if provoked. Let me say that one again. Six in 10 men face pressure to be willing to throw a punch if provoked. Okay, self-defense, I guess. 45% of men face pressure to join in on a conversation when other men talk about women in a sexual way. And 40% say men face pressure to have many sexual partners. I guess must be from other men because it's certainly not from women. I mean, women from the first text, from the first social media contact, they're expecting you to be exclusive. I mean, it's I can't tell you the amount of women that keep talking to me about this. And I'm like, how dare you? You have no right, no business talking about this. You you haven't even like met the guy. No, he's not going to be exclusive. <laughs> So they're pretty confused on that. All right. If you have just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We are talking about how masculine are you? When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about um, do men get penalized for straying from masculine norms? And let's talk about that and its effect, okay? So call us at 323-642-1677. Again, that number is 323-642-1677 or use the chat line, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash DT Linda Gross forward slash DT Linda Gross. We're going to catch you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. Darn, maybe you missed part of this show. Maybe you're still at work during the show. Maybe you heard the show but would like to listen again. Your problems are easily solved. Listen to any and all of Linda's archived shows at your convenience. Just Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate. That's Google SoundCloud, The Men's Advocate. The on-demand library is also available on the TuneIn app. Subscribe now and please share with your friends. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about how masculine are you. So you can call in on our topic, 323-642-1677, 323-642-1677. 
323-642-1677. We're going to dive now into do men get penalized for straying from masculine norms? So when women behave in ways that don't fit their gender stereotypes, like being assertive, for example, they are viewed as less likable and ultimately less hireable. Wow. I mean, it's a pretty stiff sentence, right? So does that same trait hold true for men when they stray from strong masculine stereotypes? Yes, indeed. So this shows up when men express vulnerability, they act nicer, display empathy, express sadness, exhibit modesty, or or proclaim to be feminists. All right, so showing vulnerability. So men are socialized to not ask for help or to be vulnerable, and they are penalized when they challenge this notion. A recent study found that when when male but not female leaders ask for help, they are viewed as less competent, capable, and confident. And when men make themselves vulnerable by disclosing a weakness at work, they are perceived to have a lower status. It doesn't matter that withholding such information can lead to mistakes and less workflow development. A man is just expected to work through it, meaning whatever happens, happens, and that's that. What about being nicer? Well, given that many of us want more nice guys at work, uh, we might assume that men would be celebrated for being calm and unassuming. Nope, you'd be dead wrong. Research has found that men are, who are more communal and agreeable, meaning they have traits like being warm, caring, supportive, and sympathetic, made significantly less money more than more stereotypically masculine men. More agreeable men across multiple industries made an average of 18% less income and were evaluated as less likely to have management potential as compared to less agreeable men. Ouch. <laughs> That's a lot, 18%. Nice guys were also evaluated as less competent and less hireable. So you see, guys, it doesn't work in the dating world, and it certainly doesn't work in the work world. Um, and they were not considered for managerial roles. One experimental study found that male managers in consulting who tended to advocate more for their team rather than for themselves were judged to be lower in agency and in competence and more likely to be considered for job dismissal. Ow! Pretty serious results here. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't don't be this person. How about if you're displaying empathy? Well, empathy is an important part of leadership. However, women are more likely to receive credit for it than men. 
A recent study found that female leaders who displayed empathy as reported by their, their employees were less likely to be in danger of career derailment. Now, conversely, men did not get this boost. There was no relationship between the male leaders' empathy and their boss's assessment of them. So don't express this notion. All right, how about expressing sadness? U.S. men are socialized to be stoic. What happens when they show emotions other than anger? Research demonstrates that men who show sadness at work are thought to be are thought of as less deserving of that emotion as compared to sad women. So a study from 2017 found that men who cry at work are perceived as more emotional and less competent than women who cry. So when men cry at work, the provider rates them as a lower performer, less likely to get promoted, and less capable as compared to women who cry. Now, I agree. It's not right that women cry in the workforce. Um, You know, you need to take that to the bathroom or to the broom closet or something. But there is a double standard. There still is a double standard. And I would, for either sex, I would recommend do everything in your power not to cry. The workplace is certainly not the place for it. How about exhibiting modesty? Well, what happens when men display modesty? Research demonstrates that men who were more humble in expressing their qualifications were evaluated as less likable, less self-directed, and weaker than modest women. Ouch. (laughs) All right. Tells you what not to do in an interview, right? Similarly, men in the hiring process who were more meek were evaluated by potential employers as lower in competence, whether you are or not, they already were evaluated as such, and less desirable to hire as compared to modest women. Now, what about if you boast that you're a feminist or that you're feminine? A sizable percentage of American men now self-identify as being a feminist. However, research shows that feminist men are more likely to be the victims of sexual harassment, from being told inappropriate jokes to being the recipient of unwanted sexual advances. In addition, research shows that men are more likely to be harassed when they work in male-dominated jobs and are perceived as too feminine. Research finds that men who ask for family leave, something that was historically a woman's request, are viewed as poor workers and are less recommended for rewards compared to their female counterparts. So can we stop penalizing good behavior from men? Well, I think it's going to take a minute. These are very confusing times for men. It seems as men are damned every which way they turned. 
Um, society is in the habit of praising women today and often to the detriment of men. So the quickest route to get there is to choose a profession that is widely held by men. If you are in a mixed gender work environment, you're going to have to learn the new rules of engagement. Of course, women should be in the workplace without being subject to being harassed or assaulted. And in recent years, thanks to the hashtag U2 movement, there is great improvement in that area. Now, conversely, as for men, it's a landmine out there. I would say stick to workplace activities, no joking around, no complimenting, no extra activity that's going to land you um, at HR. As for your office, um, if you have an enclosed office, you either have to leave the door open, invite a chaperone to come into the room, or turn on a webcam and tell the person that you are recording them. No more going out for drinks after work unless it's a company-sponsored event. And if you think HR is going to treat you fairly, forget it. They're not there for you. They are the soldiers who carry out what the owners want. And at the moment, the owners want women. Um, You would do well to read up on how to make yourself valuable at work. So find out what your company needs and do that. Um, Just real quickly, I'm going to go through some of the traits that you can do to boost up your value quotient. Just focus on that and try not to do cross, try not to cross over into other areas um, at the, the workplace it's just going to backfire on you. Um, So people who are valuable don't wait to be asked. They just do. Um, They attack the disease, not the symptoms. They are seen as pressure releasers, not pressure builders. This is how they're viewed by their bosses. Um, They plan their work and they work their plan. They do their homework. This is this one's really important. So become prepared. Do your homework. Um, they can see what's down the line five steps ahead. So try to be visionary. They act with a big picture in mind. They build bridges, not bombs. They cross-train themselves and others. So if somebody is on vacation or got promoted or whatever, um, your department's not going to be at a loss. You, you've already been cross-trained, and you've trained others to cross-train. So you're a cohesive unit, and you're not at a loss when you're down a, a person. They create a circle of influence. They work ahead of the curve. Um, they are good communicators. They are effective and they act proactively when they communicate. Uh, They know when to lead, but they also know how to follow. This is a very important trait, is to be able to have both parts of your personality. They fight for what's right, and they commit to the achievable. They make the office a great place to work. They integrate time for learning and working on the company. Um, they motivate not only their coworkers but their superiors. 
They um, uplift the admiration for the company. They make others look amazing. They create pleasant surprises every day. How about they are problem solvers, not whiners, so more doing, less talking. They clean up the messes. Um, they turn troublemakers into rainmakers. So zero in on what that troublemaker is doing and see if you can flip that script and have, have that person be an asset to your department. They resolve unhealthy conflict. They engage in healthy conflict. And they make uh, most things seem easy, but especially when they are not. Uh, they don't just do, they teach what it is that they've just done. They manage obstacles as if they're opportunities. They expand everyone's network of influence. They influence often, and they only manipulate when it's necessary, and they leave a trail of manageable processes behind, and they, they attract valuable employees. And most importantly, they embody everybody's core values. All right, so it's a landmine. There's a lot of pitfalls to look out for. I think um, just keep your nose to the grindstone, figure out ways to make yourself valuable at the company. And I think uh, by doing that, you'll be able to navigate these choppy waters for right now. And I think overall it will balance itself out in due time. But for right now, uh, there's a lot of out with the old, in with the new, and there's a lot of turbulence going on. So a lot to look out for. You just want to stay focused, stay on the straight and narrow. All right. I want to thank you for joining us today. If you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about 2020 vision. So uh, are you frustrated, overwhelmed, and without purpose? 2020 vision means your sights are clear. So if you want to find out how to use this decade as a metaphor to get in all that we deserve from it, click on to last week's show. Um, you can find our show right here on blog talk radio in the archives you can also find well you can also find all of our shows five years of shows on soundcloud that's the best way and we're also on the tune in app and whatever your favorite podcasting app is you're probably going to find us there as well just type in uh, on Google, if you haven't already or you haven't saved it, type in the Men's Advocate Show, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross, and and all these um, different uh, listings should come up for you. All right. Uh, what else have we got? If you like our show, please show your love. You can do so by listening, calling, subscribing, use the chat line, like our fan page, follow, comment, share, tell a friend, advertise with me, start with my Amazon link, download my app, and buy my book on Amazon. By the way, the book is called The Science of Mastering Women, The Real Truth About Women That Will Change Your Life Forever. The Science of Mastering Women. You can download it in a few seconds, uh, the ebook format, or 
ask for them to send you a, um, a paperback version. Most people get the paperback. They find it to be a handy reference guide that they can go to again and again and highlight certain areas and earmark it and what have you. Um, yeah, most people do the paperback. By the way, you can also have me sign your book. So if you haven't bought the book already, um, just ship the book to me directly. I'll sign it, and then I'll send it to you. Or if you already have the book, um, you can go to my website, and it'll tell you where to send it. Um, I'll sign it and, and send it right back to you. So both of these things, what you do, it, whether it's a new book or it's an already purchased book, you go to my website, themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com, scroll all the way down to the bottom where it says signed book cover. All right, signed book cover, click on that. It'll give you all the instructions on what to do and how to make that happen. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You're listening to the Men's Advocate Show. We're usually here each and every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. And we will catch you next time on the Men's Advocate Show. Bye for now. <music> 